Jesus said, but ye shall receive power. And again, the Greek word for power, there is what? Dynamite. Dunamos, from which we get the word dynamite. And ye shall, but ye shall receive dynamite or power after that the Holy Ghost is come into you. Upon you. I want you to be very clear in that understanding. He didn't say when he came in you would have it, but when he came upon you. Because Jesus was filled with the Spirit until and, and performed no miracles until he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's when he began to recognize the power in his ministry. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now let me just declare something here. Jesus didn't say you might be or could be. He said, when that power comes upon you, you're going to be witnesses unto me. What did he say to the disciples? Follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Make you to, I will make you to become fishers of men. He said, Brother Webb, I can't do it. That's right. And the minute you and I think we can do it, we just struck out. But that's why he sent the Holy Spirit so that we can depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to do it through us. An interesting thing that the Lord led me last night as I was heading for church here coming up 1792. My wife had asked me to stop and get some bread on the way so we'd have some bread for breakfast this morning. And on the way I suddenly felt led to reaffirm one fact. I said, Father, I, I confess again that I am dead in Jesus Christ. That when he died, I died and Joe Webb is dead. And I'm not going to ask you to help me tonight to say the right things because I don't want to say anything. I'm not going to ask you to help me to have discernment tonight because I'm dead and I'm not supposed to have discernment. But as an act of my will, I just yield my whole being to you and ask you to totally possess my being with the Holy Spirit. So that if anything is said, it'll have to be the Holy Spirit. If anything is said, it's got to be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, take control of my mind, my spirit, my tongue, my body, my everything. I just give it to you now as an act of my will. And if there's anything in there that would keep you from being able to flow, I ask you to wash it away in your blood, in the blood of Jesus. I didn't realize what I had really prayed or why God had led me to pray that until I got here last night and I began to see what was happening. Because I had no intention. I was sitting there thinking, praise the Lord. Now tonight, Brother Pete and Brother Ed and Brother Stan and Brother Ken and all these, these different brothers sitting around the table, God's really going to lay it on them tonight. I didn't know what he might even give it to Bob last night. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I had no idea what was going to happen. But I do know one thing. If we will yield ourselves to that dynamite and desire above all else that that dynamite speaks through us and not us, that God will use us as vessels unto glory and honor. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you might be, no, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Lake Mary and in Orlando and in all of Florida and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Now that's a modern translation. And then the Lord was carried away and they told him to go in the city and to wait. Are you kidding? After what I just saw, I've got to go into a city and wait? I want to go and tell everybody what I just saw. Oh, that's nothing. Go in the city and wait. What do you mean nothing? A man just rose from the dead and went right up through the clouds. I've got to go back and tell the people in town. No, just wait. If you think that's something, just wait. You know, we get excited about telling about what happened last night, but I'd rather see it happen again than to tell about it. There was not an exclusive group here. The only thing last night was we were all of one mind and one spirit and one accord wanting to have the Holy Spirit do His will in our lives. Well, that happened before. Acts chapter 2. 
Jesus was on earth for 40 days after he was raised from the dead. And then he went away. And for 10 days the disciples prayed and sought the Lord. Fellowship together. On the 50th day, which was the day of Pentecost. Now that's 50 days after the Passover. It was called the day of Pentecost. That's why when people say, let's have another Pentecost, we'll never have another Pentecost as such. We may have another experience like happened on the day of Pentecost back there. See, that wasn't a Pentecost experience. It was an experience of the Holy Ghost coming upon the believers that was called the day of Pentecost. Sometimes we get that mistaken. You see, we have a birthday each year. No, we don't. We have an anniversary of our birth date each year. There's a big difference there. And I'm not looking for another Pentecost. I'm looking for another outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the body of believers. If it happens on Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever day it wants to happen, that's fine. But it's not a Pentecost. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a special way. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord in one place. Now, by the way, that was about 120 people. You'll notice some people thought there was just the 12 up there in the upper room. But if you go back to verse 15 of chapter 1, you'll see there it said, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, And the number of names together were about 120. So there were about 120 in the place. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house in which they were lying on their stomachs. No, kneeling. They were sitting. Now, I say that because there are some people who, who get into a religious problem. They think that if they lie down flat on their stomach that they're more humble than if they stand up. That getting down, that that, that, that makes a, a more religious pose. But you see, God isn't looking at the outward form of the body. God is looking at the attitude of the heart. The Pharisees could look as pious as pilgrims, but God is looking on the heart. Charles Simpson talked about that the other day when he was at the men's leadership conference. That God doesn't look on the outward appearance. Remember when Samuel and Saul was in trouble and Samuel was crying saying, Oh God, save Saul, save Saul, change Saul, turn him around. He says, forget Saul, I've got a different plan. And he said, I want you to go anoint a son of Jesse. Of course, he had in his mind's eye, Saul was head and shoulders above all the other people when he was chosen. That's what the people wanted, a king like their king. Like the other kings, I mean. A man of tall stature, a man that would draw attention, the, all the physical attractions. So when he got to the sons of Jesse, he looked at the first one, and he was a big, husky man, you know, with big muscular arms and shoulders, and real handsome-looking man. He said, surely this is the man God wants me to anoint. And he started anointing him. God said, nope, 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 not that one. You've got to be kidding. There's a better one than this, you know. And he went to the next one, went to the next one, all down the line until finally little old ruddy David is brought in. And David wasn't some great big humongous, you know, like Mr. Orlando or Mr. America. He was just a little shepherd lad. But what did God look at? Look at his heart. The word says that David was a man after God's own heart. And that's exactly what happened here. Their hearts were right. I really believe that after this last weekend, the men came with hungry hearts to be of one mind and one spirit. And I really believe that the majority of the people in this body have hungry hearts, wanting to see God's anointing poured out upon this body. And he said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, I'll dribble some to you. Remember that verse, Hezekiah, what was it? What is it? If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, what? 
you shall be filled. filled. Now, if you get filled, I think that has something to do with getting drunk in the Spirit, doesn't it? Last night when I stood up, I was going to go do something. I stood up and I knew I better not walk anywhere. I dropped back in my seat. Someone said, why don't you anoint Brother Such and Such. I sat down and I said, there's already been an anointing. We don't need any anointing. And I, I couldn't move. You see, just the presence and the power of God was there so real. Just like they're talking about here. Why? I believe it was because we were one heart and one mind last night. We had really gotten our hearts ready for this thing over the weekend. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all, now notice this, came and filled all the house, verse 2, where they were sitting. As I said, that's that baptism in the Holy Spirit. They were immersed in it. And verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now they got everything they could possibly get. When they were dead, Jesus Christ was alive with them. God had filled them completely. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then, of course, from there on, the whole thing was totally upset. And Peter was able to preach a sermon. 3,000 were brought into the kingdom of God. But the thing the Lord impressed me with there is, if we're going to have power, it's got to be the power of God. We can't intellectually stir it up. We can't emotionally excite ourselves into that thing. And it's like Brother Stan said, it wasn't an emotional thing last night. We were just quietly, individually, praising the Lord, praying, and we prayed for this individual. And then all of a sudden there was a word of prophecy. First of all, there was a message in tongues and a pause and a pause and then an interpretation and then a lot of praise and then the Lord again, the prayer for someone else and then a prophecy. No one's trying to pump it up or whoop it up or excite it and it was all done in a quiet tone. In fact, sometimes the, the messages as they came forth from the individual were so quiet that you could hardly hear them because of all the praise from the rest of the men around the circle, just praising the Lord. I got home last night, and I left church and went right home. I got home and got in bed at 1 o'clock last night. I couldn't. I kept looking at watches saying, this is incredible. <laughs> no, this, is, this, this can't go on forever. You know, I, at about 10 minutes to 10, I thought we were going to have to cut this off. And I had no more power, no more authority, no more ability to cut that off. You, that's the way it is. That's the way it is when God does something in your life. I remember when I was in Bible college and that would happen. They'd start chapel, 7.30 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon. They'd finally have to make the students get up and leave. They just didn't want to leave. Sit there all day weeping and praising and praying and confessing and getting their hearts right. Oh, I believe God's saying, I want to visit my people. I want to visit them now. I want to begin to move in their midst. And we got a little taste of it last night. And as your pastor, I'm not going to be satisfied until God does it for all of us. Until God begins to say, this is my beloved. I'm going to manifest my power through this body. And it's going to, as Stan said, it's going to be a pure body. It's going to have to be a clean body. I never will forget the prophecy that our brother Jim Stewart gave that one night here. When they said God is going to refine the body and there's going to be a price to be paid. Cold chills went down my spine the night he made that prophecy right here in this congregation. But it was the beginning of a confirmation in my heart what God was saying to me. Get ready. The first thing he said is we have to get in unity. And then he says now we're going to have to get, get cleaned up without spot and without wrinkle. And this is exactly what the brethren were saying this past weekend. That God is starting to say now let's pay the price. 
Let's walk in obedience before the Lord. Are you hungry for the... How is it the songwriter said? Are you longing for the fullness of the blessing of the Lord in your heart and life today? Claim the promise of the Father. Come according to His word in the blessed old time way. He'll fill your cup to full and overflowing. As the Lord commanded you, bring your vessels, not a few. He'll fill your cup to full and overflowing with the Holy Ghost in power. He wants to do it. He wants to do it.